Yeah, I think this is our fourth conversation, isn't it? Uh, could be. I haven't been counting. <laughs> yeah, me neither. Um, we we look more at the cognitive stuff, and I mean, we're still talking about cognitive science and all of that stuff mm -hmm. today. But I would really love to look at the learning, yeah. learning, and, and this this intersection of how do you teach something mm -hmm. so that other people can learn it well right okay and um and i would love to look at that both in just a broad overview even though i know that you've done a lot of that on your podcast with what is learning blah blah blah, blah. Mm -hmm. but the thing i'm most fascinated or interested in is the books i read about learning are always about knowledge and they kind of condense everything to knowledge Mm -hmm. And the thing I would love to talk about is what about like physical skills and things that are not intellectual skills on a piece of paper, but that have to do with movement. How do the same principles of teaching apply to that? Okay. That's kind of uh, my bigger question. And how we get to that, I have no idea, but I think we're going to find a way. Yeah. Um, uh movement to me so i haven't looked at movement as much to me it actually adds a major spanner in the works so um there's a book i covered on the podcast a long time ago called uh, the inner game of tennis is it that one that i maybe it was in the inner game of tennis yeah it was it was sorry yeah so basically it talks about um talks about tennis and it says like um you know when you try and teach someone like what what's going on inside someone's head when they're learning and like how should you teach them well, mostly what's going on inside someone's head rather than how should you teach them but um it says that you know you have this kind of critical voice in your head and then you've got the ability to carry out actions and the, these are two separate entities uh the author calls them self one and self two so um the thing that carries out the the actions basically you don't have to it feels like you're not thinking when you do them that's Put it that way it depends on how, how you define what the word think means which is a bit funny but you, know, you can do something like pick something up without having to you know, analyze your actions or, or you know you can just do it uh so um but when you're doing something like learning a physical skill like tennis then you um then you know, you're trying to improve your your action you're trying to like result get a bit, get more balls in the court or get them into the position you wanted them to go so you're trying to hone your skill and then the author makes the point that um usually people try to do this by criticizing verbally their actions whereas in fact that's quite ineffective uh, it's also very stressful because you you sort of uh, attack yourself with criticism, uh, possibly. I mean, it depends on your mood, but you can certainly attack yourself with criticism, like "oh, that was terrible," um, sort of thing, which doesn't really particularly help you to actually hit the ball better. And what you need to do, according to this author, is that you basically need to shut that critic up and just observe while your sort of non-linguistic part of your mind or brain. Um, carries out, you know, does the the body the 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 thing that's that's connected to your body basically is non-linguistic. So you got to you got to let that part do what it's doing, without without thinking about it in verbal terms, and just observe the result, and then um, carry on, um, you know, non-verbally carrying this out, without thinking about. Uh, 
Well, yeah, I mean, that's it, non-verbally, right? So it, it, without adding adding layers of commentary to what you're doing, just going, okay, when I do this, this happens. When I do this, this happens. Although without those words, even just the, just the feeling of, of that process. And that's the... That's the idea, and and I think the the reason this, there is a, a basis for this. I mean, the author wrote this as a coach, so he had a lot of practical knowledge of learning tennis and teaching tennis, but his knowledge of cognitive science and neurology in a kind of a more formal way is limited. So he isn't really approaching it from that perspective. But I think we can basically say that the parts of your brain, even that are responsible for connection with your body or direct like. Um, control of your body parts um, are like very very widely separated from the brain regions that are responsible for uh, language on the whole now there are some connections like for example grounded uh, words so if you say a word like kick then actually there's a part of your motor cortex that lights up to do with your legs so that but this is this is very small kinds of connections they're and, not and at the, at the same time like if I if I look at this and this is the one of the books you recommend and I really enjoy too. Like mm. if if he talks about teaching, Peps McTree, which by the way still a great name. Yes. Um, <laughs> um, he he talks about long term memory, mm -hmm. working memory, mm -hmm. um, and that in a way knowledge and for him included in knowledge is skills. Yeah. Is long term memory. So yeah. even if we go to the tennis example, like by improving our movement, by improving our whatever we, we do when we improve tennis, our grip, our arm swing, our stance, we will improve long-term memory in, yeah. in one way. It's just a different type of long-term memory than verbal long-term memory, where yeah. um, I've studied something and thus I know what the capital of Norway is. Mm -hmm. um, but it's still long-term memory. It's still something that's ingrained in the brain, but also the nervous system and to some degree our body. Mm. Um, so the question would be, how does that work? And how can I as a coach or as a teacher um, use those um, embodied or teach those embodied aspects? And maybe even taking a step away from, from tennis. Mm. Um, Chemistry. I know that chemistry is something you know more about than probably tennis. Um, yes. So I can teach and understand chemistry theoretically, mm -hmm. but there's also an element of I can learn how to do certain chemical processes and experiments and all of that. And they, I imagine they are linked, mm -hmm. but they are not the same. Yeah. That that last one, the the chemistry example is actually going to be more difficult because it's crossing the it's kind of crossing these wires. Um, exactly, so, and that and I think that's yeah. where what I'm most interested in because, um, at least in the fields I'm in, where it's about like body work, massage, therapy, mm -hmm. we have certain knowledge we need, but we also need certain skills that go beyond just thinking. Yes. So, so how on earth does that happen? Uh. I, I was probably going to be easy for me to, I mean, I think the short answer is that I, I don't have a full theory of it and I'm probably going to wing it while we're talking. because There the best we go. That's, I think that's the best that's, place yeah. to be. But, uh, but what, where I do feel a bit more comfortable and where I'll start from is, um, is other examples of physical skills. So I've got quite a lot of experience of learning uh, dance. So, and I had, um, 
several coaches, but one particularly good coach. And I remember the way that he would teach, well, anyone would teach, but him in particular, um, you know, how they would teach. And that tells me something about uh, the way that, you know, what ways of teaching bodily motion or how do you improve as a dancer? And then another one is basketball because of my looking at John Wooden, basketball coach. So, um, yeah, that's slightly different cases. I mean, in terms of, of um, dancing, maybe I'll speak from my own personal experience a little bit. So I started that when I went to uni. So I was 18 years old when I first began. And then I did four years of fairly intensive training. And since then, I haven't done so much. And I'd quite like to get back into some form, but it's not always been easy um, just for personal life reasons. But, I, you know, I'll, I'll get back to it. But anyway, I, d I did quite a lot of this. Um, and uh, you know, I was training like uh, often six days a week, um, some some of the time. So so you know, it, it was a pretty major part of my life, and um, and I got a very close look at the process of of this, you know, how to how to become a better dancer, basically. And um, I suppose in 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 many ways, actually, it is quite analogous to how you would teach lots of other things, because you start off with the the most basic principles, or well, I suppose. Really, what you start off with is you have to start off dancing something. So you start off like, okay, let's let's do this move, and then you do this. You just get familiar with the move, so you can like carry out some steps. Um, or, you know, let's do this routine. You know, it has five moves in it or something. So we're going to do these steps, and it takes I don't know how long, thirty seconds, one minute, something like that. So then you've got something to work on because if you don't have anything to work on, there's nothing you can do. And then the entire kind of point of this afterwards was uh, to try and it wasn't trying to learn more steps. That wasn't our focus. It was to try and improve the quality so it looks better basically so then we, we would go through lots of principles and uh, and and try and um improve them one by one so uh one is posture so we'd be learning like how to stand basically and then we would like try and dance while maintaining that position and then you would always you know normally unless you're sort of superhuman you 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 would have you would fail in your posture at some point like your posture would go awry during your dance so then like the coach would point out oh look at that moment you you weren't standing up straight or you your weight was in the wrong place and then you, you know, by paying attention to these uh, errors and places where you're going back to your old habits then you, you gradually ingrain like a new habit basically um in different positions during your dance and then it could be okay like posture is very important but nothing is very important is timing so let's let's like you know do an exercise where we practice essentially being on time you know? and this, this is the way to be on time so let's practice that and that's very important so um you know it sounds trivial but actually you know there are details to it and it's easy to like mess it up you can be sloppy so it's like let's not be sloppy so you know there's that and then there's you know footwork like your, your feet you have to follow this exact movement in order to look good so you know you know let's practice and then and then you you just again later you just dance and you go oh look your footwork started getting sloppy so you need to like remind yourself and get back to it so we basically lots of different you know be it posture or timing or footwork or whatever else you're working on these things and, and importantly you're working on them one at a time so um this is that so that connects to um the the more knowledge-based if you like uh questions through the idea of long-term and working memory in particular. So you can't actually, what you're doing when you're practicing, say like practicing, improving your footwork is you, your concentration is all in your feet. You have just got this huge amount of awareness in your feet. And it means everything else is going on autopilot, which is like saying everything else is following your long-term memory with very low levels of attention or very low uh, space taken up in your working memory. 
Um, and that's why you need to like practice the moves in the first place for a while so that they're in your long-term memory. You don't have to think about doing the moves. You can think about improving them because they're like automatic now. Um, and, but your, all your attention is in your feet. And what's going to happen when you do that is your posture is going to go messed up. But it's important to go like, okay, but I'm not working on posture now. <laughs> my attention is in my feet. So you're practicing that particular thing, right? And then like by, by putting your attention there and like essentially, again, to use this terminology again, by, by applying your working memory in such a way to force your behavior into a new or a different kind of behavior, right? With the way your feet move, for example, when you do that enough times, you start to like etch it inside your, uh, your long-term memory. And then it starts to become more automatic, more natural. And even when you're not thinking about it, it will actually, you will actually be doing it more. It's um, easier to do it that way. So it's like a schema buildup in that respect. Yes? Yeah, building on top of each other. Um, um, so two things, like number one, the way you describe the, the dancing you've been doing, it's kind of, there is a certain way it's supposed to look. Yeah. Basically. And you can get especially yeah. especially before you reach a very advanced level because it's yeah. like you know at some level you could say well there's style you know you could do it this way you could do it that way but at a low level everyone is is so far away from that that there's just basics to build up yeah. so. okay just because there are different ways of dancing and there are also like different dances like i i mm -hmm. danced tango argentino for a while where it's it's not about posture necessarily it's yeah. actually about I, how, I've also, how I've also danced it. I like it and they yeah. did tell me my posture was too I was trying too hard <laughs> exactly where it's like how can you feel comfortable so that you can walk together yeah instead um, of like whoa like yeah why, exactly why so do you look that you know <laughs> but but I, I I like that as a as a even as a sign because that's again it would be teaching different things mm -hmm. and it would be it it has a different kind of direction you you want to guide people in so if it's ballroom dancing where there's a certain posture you want people to be and stay in yeah. whereas if you if you teach tango argentino or even like tango nuevo where it's even more relaxed it's mm -hmm. not about the posture but it may be about the relationship mm -hmm. and it's all about the so you have different pointers you have different schemas you build up mm -hmm. and depending on which schemas you deem or value more importantly you will teach different things and you will have to follow different steps yeah well i mean essentially what you what one way of viewing all of this is we're looking at the difference between and the journey that takes you from being a beginner to an expert and in that regard you on one level you're essentially trying to copy an expert but people who do this too directly some people basically say why are we doing you know exercises we should all be doing whatever the experts are doing because we just you know that's what they do so let's just copy them but but the you know that tends to fail because um there's a lot of stuff that the experts do that's hidden it's kind of you know uh it's complicated because it's layered like there might be three or four factors which are, which are changing their mind about what to do, but you can't see all the factors at once. You know, you need to understand, you need the principles, basically, you need the basics. They're going to break rules that beginners shouldn't be breaking, for example, because some of the time there'll be special cases where they'll understand that, oh, well, you know, 95% of the time I always follow this thing. But in this case, because of because they have like this flexibility of large amounts of knowledge, they can be like, well, we can kind of... And can I, can I come in right there? Large yeah. amounts of knowledge. Yeah. What kind of knowledge? In this case, so okay, so the, because we're we're talking about the difference between bodily stuff and mental stuff. Yeah, yeah, and I think this is this is the details that it that I'm really interested in. Okay, so um, so I'll take it back to dancing, which is somewhat yeah. of my home territory again. So, when it comes to large amounts of knowledge, I mean, okay, so um, you have knowledge of, uh, so you you've 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 danced a lot, so you know what it feels like. 
and you kind of know what good and bad feels like that's one thing that kind of goes in it kind of becomes a uh, slightly subconscious you start going like oh this is weird whereas before like maybe everything is weird even the good stuff <laughs> right or, or or like do you have no you have no sense of discrimination but afterwards you have a sense of like oh that that feel that seems good and that seems bad and, and it's more likely to actually be in accordance with what does you know look good and bad uh, for example or look appropriate to the dance let's say i mean uh, good and bad you, you, you know take it with a pinch of salt but like look, look right for this style if you like um and um uh, and another thing i mean so here's a here's a, an example um a really a really pertinent um i think it's pertinent example anyway so um you know we had this thing about posture drilled into us a lot because it's one of these basics that if you mess up it just makes everything look bad it doesn't matter if you got everything else right if your posture is all off you just look like something's wrong you know it's not quite right so you, you got to get that down right or you, you essentially you've got to keep working on it for a long time and um and so we had this you know drilled into us okay always remember the most important thing is posture second most important thing is timing all those two together are the most important and then and then you know let's work on all the other other bits that are also important but not as important as those top two um but then you know there was uh, a friend on the on the dance team because we had a, a team who actually in her routine uh, she had a, a move like a, a thing that they did to kind of stylize it they introduced it where um they actually deliberately um would uh, would break posture in a, in a very, in a kind of stylized way. So instead of standing up straight, they would do something where they would kind of go, oh, I can't really do it, but it's like they, they, they would kind of like, like do something like, you know, whatever, like something like this. Right. And, and, the, and so they, they, their posture went deliberately off and then back on again. And, and the point of this, the reason why they were allowed to go off is one, it was deliberate, but secondly, it's because their posture is always so good. So it's like the, when you look at it, you can see that like, oh, the posture is really, really good. And then when they break it, it was like a, a kind of stylistic thing instead of being like, well, that's just an accident. And it doesn't look good if it's an accident. It looks good if it's on purpose. Now, I don't know if I've strayed a bit away from the topic. No, but, no because, because that, again, implies kind of a knowledge. But you said, you said one sentence that I find truly important in this is um, knowledge in physical element, as, and you said it as what you know what good and bad feels like yeah so you've practiced enough so that you have an embodied sense of this is a good swing or mm. i am standing right right now and you don't have to check are my knees bent uh, how are my feet but you mm -hmm. just know and yeah, there's fact, there's this yeah. sense of this is it yeah and, and this is this is again common across uh, mental and bodily stuff that as you become more expert you're you, you you gain an intuition which is more and more reliable so an expert's intuition is is high highly reliable and, and very useful it's not it's not completely foolproof but it's highly highly reliable uh, whereas the beginner's intuition is essentially not useful at all or very little use um and and so the, the beginner is because intuition is almost another word for work uh, for long-term memory almost, well it's not quite but it's a bit like you know this is stuff it's not exactly the same sometimes i, I i'm a little bit blurry with my concepts i'm naming here but um but the, you know this kind of processing that's happening that's, that's not really going on inside your working memory uh, and it's because of your your large amount of background um so another thing is with dancing is like you've also watched uh you so you've watched a lot before you've, you you know a lot of principles like explicitly but you also know what things feel like you know all those things mm -hmm. um and that can um so um one thing, for example, is like if you 
so it, it, one way to, to learn dancing is to have a very explicit routine to say like, okay, we do this and then this and then this, and you sort of rigidly always follow it. And then, and then you, you're not trying to gain flexibility in your routine. You're trying to gain flexibility and, or not gain flexibility. You're trying to become better at making it look good or making it look appropriate for the style. Right. So that, that's where all your effort goes. And you're thinking about like how you're moving rather than Which, by the way, I think one of the ways to look at good, when you just say good is coherent. Like the, well, that, what you yeah. do is coherent because it's, it's a certain style has a coherence and something may be off in that style that would fit perfectly in a different style. Yeah. Yeah. So it, 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 it yeah, it looks more sort of purposive or something like, <laughs> like you're doing on purpose, uh, but also not like you're working hard. You know, it looks like effortless, but also purposeful at the same time. Easy. Um, that's, the, that's the best that's style. <laughs> um, so so yeah, um, I kind of lost where I was now. I was talking about, sorry. Processing going on outside of working memory and, yes. and um, that you, that you uh, can either go for. Yeah, I, I thought of, I remember what it was now. So it, it was that sometimes, uh, so, so yeah, you're, you're practicing trying to improve the quality of your moves, let's say, rather than change your moves. Um, but then there might be, if, if you go to uh, you know, a competition or some sort of dance event or something, um, where there is, you know, where lots of people are dancing on the floor at once and you've never seen them before, or even at practice, actually, this happens at practice, but particularly at, um, uh, particularly at this kind of event. And, you know, you, you might be on a collision course with someone or about to, or you actually have collided with someone, um, you know, you try not to do that, but, but, you know, people are moving around. So like you could, you could collide or you could almost collide. Um, so the way that that's handled by beginners and experts is different. And I think that's partly got to do with the idea of the flexibility that's built up through the large amounts of knowledge, right? So one thing is the expert is more likely to be able to come up with something that they've never, like moves of their feet or kind of like a, do something on the floor that they've never done before, but fits the space because they're kind of generalizing from their large amount of knowledge about they kind of they've got an, an innate sense of how they should stand and how their feet should move and how they should treat their partner or do they just treat each other on the floor and what their connection is like they've got an innate sense of all of that and so they can do something in the style of that even though it's nothing they've ever done before or even seen before um and this might be you know so they they, they you know they might have to stop which might even be sudden but then they'll return to what they're doing gracefully whereas the beginner was and they go oh my god okay and then they go okay wait one, two, three, and you know they'd, they'd kind of have to be like very explicit with each other about it, and 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 start from some particular point instead of sort of fluidly moving back into things, because that's another thing. Like if you've got if you've got a routine, you're going around the floor or whatever, then um, then a, a beginner would have to start at some particular point, whereas if and have to probably say something to their partner to say, let's start from here. Whereas if you're if you're experts, then because of the connection you also have between each other, you know. Um, you know what your partner kind of feels like to dance with and if they do something you kind of go oh i know where they're going with this and then you can kind of because you've like molded into each other and there's also yeah. a standard that you're molding to as well it's partly personal but it's partly like well it's a standard thing that this kind of very subtle body action indicates that we're about to do this and you very easily move into that so there's this smoothness and flexibility and that's built up because you have a generalization of you've built up a kind of internal generalization of what the style of this dance is because of your large amount of experience with the dance, partly through 
carrying it out and partly through watching it and because of your internalization of the principles which is partly from hearing them but much more like when you hear them you use your you know working memory to like make your body change that way and you start to get a feel of like oh this is what the kind of embodiment of those principles is so you're not you're not sort of saying oh the posture should be like this it's not verbal you know but like it is verbal when you're trying to like yeah. make that minor change make that small change and you're just focusing on one thing at a time okay i gotta make my posture more like this even though like again you gotta feel it as well you gotta be like okay my posture should feel like whatever um yeah sorry, so that was that was kind of uh rambling <laughs> no it isn't because i think this to me this um this brings together a lot of the things that I'm thinking about when I'm, because I'm, I'm trying to really grasp teaching mm. um, for a very varied modality in which I'm teaching. I'm teaching in a modality where um, we're trying to teach principles and then we're basically trying to teach people how to use those principles through the body, but mm. also through language, uh, through, so through speaking and movement mm -hmm. and it's it's so much data to try to teach that coherently mm. so i i really get these points you're making i have i have a few thoughts that i find just interesting right now like number one um when you said it's this journey from beginner to expert mm -hmm. the first question that comes into my mind is expert at what and this is this is for instance where even if we just talk about dance yeah it's ballroom dancing is an expert at maybe a few moves and a routine whereas for instance the way i learned tango there was no routine the, the way i learned tango there isn't even a basic step to do mm -hmm. but tango then was all about walking and communication mm -hmm. so then you become an expert at communication with the other person through slight bodily shifts yeah. rather than having a certain routine yeah. And which is in a different skill set that's built. So it's always a question of expert at what and what are the chunks you're teaching. And at the same time, you need to figure out what is the bare minimum baseline that we need to teach so that based on that baseline, we can then teach more uh, details, we can teach more principles. So that in a ballroom dancing way could be uh, these are two moves you can string together and then we go into how is your posture while you do those two moves mm -hmm. uh, whereas for instance with the tango argentino i learned it was like okay walk through the room and the four moves you can do are like walking forward taking a step to the side and making a pause and mm -hmm. walking backwards mm -hmm. and then it's like you start with that and rather than everyone having a routine you you just walk and then you're being taught principles on top of that so again what's the foundation and how do you build on that yeah i, I can i can connect with you on the uh, argentinian argentine tango thing because i've actually learned some i'm not I, I would class myself still as a beginner and is i would actually say it's probably my favorite dance now of anything i've ever tried um mm. i really i like it a lot um much preferred to to ballroom tango which is which is also fun but it's completely different um but um but yeah so like i i, I mean i can fill in some of these details of the differences um between these styles so yeah ballroom dancing isn't really a social thing i know in germany actually there is a lot of social ballroom dancing but the way that i was taught it, it wasn't really taught as a social thing uh so much it was much more of a performance thing and so there was a focus on essentially what you're trying to do is trying to 
look like these other people look and everyone even people who are completely untrained recognizes these people as looking very graceful so there's some sort of way in which they're some sort of way in which you can recognize beauty in their and grace in their motion from an artistic standpoint even if you have no experience of dance ever like it's so somehow they're connecting with something more fundamental about aesthetics here but then and as a result you, you just essentially want to look like them so so you're trying to do what at they the same do. time whenever i look at their faces while they're performing i just want to vomit because it's this yeah there's so there's a standard which yeah. you know there, there's I, there, I, there, I, there are some I, sort I, of uh, standards they follow which yeah, yeah even though i may like their movement just looking at their faces i always feel really weird yeah, <laughs> yeah. no you're I not feeling like that <laughs> I, I get what you mean yeah um so yeah so like yeah with with tango your the number one question is how well you can communicate with your partner so you need a lot of experience of communicating with a partner which means um, it's better to have multiple partners to dance with. You know, you go to a class and they're like, you dance with like, as a guy, you dance with like 10 or 20 or whatever different girls, uh, which is important because they will feel different. You know, they're different shapes and sizes, whatever. And they, they're going to respond, you know, if they're beginners or more advanced also, they, they, they kind of, they'll hear what you say, what you say with your body differently and, and respond differently, you know, more, you can kind of, feel the difference of that and you need to get used to all this kind of playing field of all the different you're kind of building an internal map of all these different we're well, not exactly it's not like a map you're going to go to and refer to but it's more like a kind of sense of what the landscape is and so when a new person turns up in this landscape you're like well they're kind of you, you don't really think about this but you kind of like well i know they live in this kind of space so they're probably going to behave like this um yeah and so, that's yeah. that's an, that's another thing because in a way it is knowledge mm. like and and i like the calling it a map but it's not a conceptual map. It's a it's it's a felt sense. It's mm -hmm. a it's a sense. It's oh this can work and oh this now fits. But that didn't exist as knowledge before you started to learn tango. It's like mm. that's the knowledge that has been built. So mm. yeah, it is knowledge, but mm. it's a different type of knowledge, and it is taught differently than chemistry. Yeah, so, okay, um, I'm, I, I probably keep talking about dance for like another hour, but we've got to move on to this other, <laughs> other thing you want to talk about, right? Which but, is about but, connecting between this and, uh, I think we, it feels like a success so far. <laughs> what I've said so far, it feels like I've, uh, I've sounded very wise about dance. So let's <laughs> move on to another place I can, I can uh, try my best at. Um, Chemistry. So, I mean, when it comes to, uh, let me let me take on chemistry for a moment as a and see if see how much we can see connections there. So with chemistry, I would all myself I I would rate myself as a good chemistry teacher, personally, um, because I have a very organised way of teaching it, and I think on the majority of the time, chemistry is taught in a relatively disorganised way, in my opinion, compared to the way I teach anyway. So I I um, I. I teach chemistry along the lines of principles, and I think that does a much better job than um, much of chemistry teaching doesn't really do that. So in that respect, you know, for me, talking about, you know, I'm, I'm trying to get people to understand uh, forces inside the atom and the structure of the atom and energy. Okay, these are three ideas or two, two or three, you can call forces and structure, anyway, whatever. Actually, they're three. The three ideas 
Uh, I just, I just. You've decided. I, I've three. decided. It's three, <laughs> right? There, there are three ideas which are, um, uh, which are really, really central to chemistry. I call it sometimes. I call it all of chemistry, um, as an idea that you know, if you understand, if you not just understand this, and you 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 can sort of repeat these principles back to me, but also that you know many examples and you see how it's applied everywhere, then in a way it's like it touches all of chemistry. So that's why, or, or, or it covers most of chemistry. So that's why I call it all of chemistry. It's a slightly tongue in cheek way of talking about it, but it's also because I can usually explain it within less than an hour, like maybe 30 minutes or something. And um, and it really is this this fundamental base where you, you always keep returning to it. It's like the arithmetic of chemistry or something or, or the or the you know the alphabet of chemistry you, you just you can't live without the alphabet if you're trying to write something down so um so or read something so yeah so with chemistry i have these principles and i say okay here are some principles and then everything from there i try to build up using the principles and usually what i'm doing is i'm actually taking someone who already has a lot of chemistry um knowledge usually in a relatively disorganized and confused format, because typically these are kids who go to school most of the time and they've heard a lot of stuff in their chemistry lessons and they don't really get it. And it's like, oh, I'm not really very good at chemistry. So what I'm doing is I'm getting, okay, you've got this massive like stuff that is not in good order. Here are the ways it needs to be ordered. Now let's get all of the stuff that you actually have in your head, but you're kind of like confused as to what it's doing. And let's put it in order by like aligning it with all these principles. It's like a rapid learning almost uh, scenario because instead of them having to go through these examples for the first time ever, they've actually seen all these examples like 10 times before. They've just never seen it in a way that like aligns it with some idea. And so everything gets compressed into a small number of ideas. It's like, there's this kind of double, um, I'm gonna try something here. There's this kind of double, directionality between kind of compression and expansion, I almost want to say. So what, when you have principles, what that's doing is it's getting large amounts of information, compressing them into a tiny space. If you say something like, you know, atoms always look like this, and in chemistry, we're always looking at atoms, then like, think about like, there are a lot of different types of atoms, atoms are used in a lot of different contexts, like that's a lot of different stuff you've just said. Or if you say in, in, in dance, like, okay, you need to have this kind of posture, that means you need to have that posture at every moment. So like you're talking, you've compressed like literally a lifetime of dance into one sentence in a way, like you said, your posture should always be like this, um, you know, for this dance or whatever, right? So, um, so, so that's a massive amount of compression, right? But then on the other hand, people can't really understand things in the abstract without the concrete. So the abstract is there, it kind of organizes the concrete. But at the same time, if you just tell someone like, if you just, tell, oh, you just got to stand like this, they're not going to actually stand like that. They've got to you know, go through a process of training. Like, or if you just tell someone, well, this is what atoms are like, they're not gonna suddenly be a world-class chemist or, you know, pass all their exams. They've got, they've got to see all the examples and they've got to see how it fits in, right? So what you're doing is that then, then what you've kind of done for them is you've said, okay, here's a principle. This is a kernel. This is like a compression of everything, but you, because of the nature of humanity or the nature of minds or something, you won't actually properly understand what I'm saying until I give you like 25 or hundred examples and you understand how it applies to all those examples. And then what will happen is those 100 things in your mind, in a sense, will be one thing because they'll all be examples of this idea. But also you will have 100 things in your mind. So it does require time and it's expansive. That's what I'm talking about. There's like this expansion of the principle, but the principle is fundamentally compressive in the sense that it gets like lots and lots of examples and, and like sort of like zips them into one like this. Um, so I think, you know, that's that I think is true in chemistry. And that I think is true in um, in dance. And those are definitely very different fields. And one is mental and one is physical. And I would say that this contraction, expansion, or concentration, decentration, which is uh, 
one of my one of my favorite uh, philosophers, Walter Russell, crazy dude. Uh, he he talked of these two forces in the universe. There are but two forces: it's concentration, decentration, concentration, mm. decentration. Which to me, even if I look at all my knowledge of the body and everything like that's kind of the 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 movement of life in many ways is if something doesn't concentrate and decentrate, it's not really alive. Like our heart, our lungs, cells, everything. So Sounds like uh, tension and release as well. You get this in art. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. it's kind of this, and we need both movements also for learning and teaching. So we want to get people to, and this is the core of it, but let's look at the core. And if we only look at the, if we only look at the examples, which is very easy to do with chemistry, because you try to keep chemistry class fun. So you always do all of these experiments, but you don't really get to the, to the core. Mm-hmm. Like, do you miss this part? But if you only stay here, people are like, how does this relate to anything? Mm. Maybe. So you need to then take this and be like, okay, now we do 50 50 experiments with it, but we return here. Mm -hmm. So it's this. I think there's part of also, part of the power of, and this is, somehow I'm I'm doing really well at this ad-libbing stuff. It's going better than I thought. (laughs) But as part of the power of um, the the idea of using principles is, the whole thing about everything is connected. You'll hear lots of people say everything is connected, which itself is, you know, by nature of being a vague term, it's not even exactly clear which field we're in when I say that. But I mean, in this particular case, I mean to say about um, about knowledge that um, whatever field, you know, whatever um, uh, whatever event you're witnessing can be understood from many different angles, and uh, and therefore, and that's one way in which there is a connection between many different ways of viewing it. You know, you could you could view a scene of people doing a thing, whatever it is, I don't know, people going shopping or something. And then you could say, well, there's an economic angle to it, but there's also a physics angle to it. And there's also a, you know, and there's, there's also a psychological angle and there's a mathematical angle and there's like a spiritual angle and there's just like so many angles. And then in, because they're all living inside like this shopping trip, then like there's an intersection of all these things. But then essentially, you know, that, that, Here's here's where I'm I'm at risk of of losing myself and <laughs> and say, just say just saying some stuff and wondering if I'm making any sense. But like it's almost like the principles of these different fields are kind of intersect or, or like you know you get the same thing and you think of it with different principles, but it's still the same thing. It's like a model. It's like a model of that thing. But then you can do it with this other principle, and then you say, oh look, it's it's connected because you can you can use uh, these principles on the same thing. I don't know. I'm, I'm just going to go with that. I don't know if it's. I mean, to me, it actually, it. to me, it would make sense with two two things. Like number one, um, you can always look at anything from multiple views, and if your principles, like if the if the kind of understanding on whatever realm you have is in any way precise, mm-hmm. it will be more or less stable over time. That doesn't mean it is it is always exactly the same, but the principles will still apply to a situation. If you if you've truly understood like evolutionary principles, um, you can look at many situations and see the same evolutionary forces at work. Um, the same with economic forces; they they are always kind of the same. So mm-hmm. I would even imagine that um, you can look at ten different situations, and if you have one person who's very good at seeing the evolutionary force in it, and you have another person who's very good at seeing the the 
exchange on a monetary or energy level or whatever you want to do to look at econom economics in this mm. like they will even be close with their interpretations on every single one of those 10 situations because their principles are uh, precise so mm -hmm. it will give a picture that is probably close on each of the 10 situations mm. because principles are principles it, it depends a bit on um, on the on how sort of commensurable the the two principles are. So, like economics and and evolution are taken as a particular example. I think they're relatively um, uh, they're relatively okay and in terms of agreement. I think there are you could you could try to find two uh, fields where the, or d disciplines where they're just not they're just so not talking about the same thing. Um, you know, so like. Um, and then the question would be, what I mean, the fuck are they talking about? What do you mean? I mean, if they're not talking about the same thing, then then the question would be, oh. what are they talking about? Just, just well, I, I suppose I suppose you could say they are um, they are talking about the same thing, but they're focused in a different place, and and as a result, it, it just ends up looking feeling very different as a result. You know, all the kinds of things they're interested in. They get, they get this whole picture and they, they're interested in this bit and these people are interested in this bit and then you, mm -hmm. this doesn't sound like they're talking about the same thing anymore you know like if you've got something like physics versus economics generally these are not people talking about the same thing even though they might be looking in the same situation yeah yeah okay if you if you go like physical forces in the situation and economics yeah 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 that makes sense i don't i don't have forever anymore today Unfortunately, mm -hmm. I'm sorry about that. Um, but I'm taking a few few things just as thoughts from this. It's this, the first one is, especially with physical skills, but it's the same again for intellectual skills, you need to build some sort of routine that you can then build upon. You need to build a baseline to build upon that. And- um, uh, mm. It's more that you you're trying to change something, um, and uh, there are some cases where. The, so, for example, if you're trying to change something that you are creating in one way or another, you have to create something in order to in order to change the way that you're creating it. So you have to make it differently. So a dance is something that you create. It's just like a thing that happens because of your movement. So you need to have some kind of movement there in the first place in order to change the way you do the movement. That's why you need a routine. If you're, if you're talking about like solving equations, it's not really a routine. It's just that if you're trying to learn how to solve an equation, then you're gonna, the, the way to do that is to, is to see equations, to be presented with equations and try to solve them. That I wouldn't exactly call that routine, but it's like, you, you know but, you but even there you would have to start with a really simple equation mm -hmm. and solve that and build that foundation and then you can get more um abstract you wouldn't start with like a hundred variable mm -hmm. equation you would start with x equals whatever mm. um um so i I think you know the, the whole thing about perhaps it's a different way I'm thinking about the idea of routine. Like it's um, the way I think of routine. It's more like a uh, it's your your way of creating something so that you can change the thing that you're creating. I mean, if I think about fields which are more about problem solving rather than about creation, maths being 
an example of such a field, um, then you don't really need anything that's similar to a dance routine. But if, if it's like, suppose that, suppose that you're a painter, you're gonna have to paint something and then you want to you suppose it might just be like you're just going to do some paintings and that's okay but if you're if you're kind of training to you're trying to become like a better painter in whatever style or whatever it is then it would be like okay um i'm going to focus on my to be honest i'm not very i don't know what they focus color or something right so then it'll be like i'm going to i'm going to make i'm going to you know i'm trying to apply these color principles so i'm just going to paint something but like my real focus is like can i make the color the way that i want it to be um, in these paintings and so there's the the you know like the routine of the dance is like a painting you need to do something right but that but then the, the focus of improvement is like some aspect of it and and i would have i would have just for me the word routine was because we used that earlier with the dance routine but hmm. i would i would probably go and maybe routine is the wrong word but you need to put down some sort of foundation um of what you're talking about mm -hmm. um and so I would say the same has to happen with maths because mm -hmm. you have to explain to somebody who has absolutely no idea of maths. Like, so you're solving an equation. This is what an equation is. Um, this is kind of what you do when you solve an equation. Oh. Um, you, you need to put that groundwork down and then you can build on that. Yeah, so you're, you, you, um, you kind of need to define the space in which you're working. And and that does require some initial explanations or initial knowledge gain of like okay so what are we even doing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So and and it includes a knowledge gain of what are we doing, but also then a knowledge of actually doing it and gaining that and gaining that experience and that knowledge and that with physical uh, with physical tasks has a much bigger part to it than in a. In, an, in a purely intellectual endeavor. The, the actual doing and getting the feedback from the body and knowing how it feels and all mm -hmm. of that is probably a lot more important than with solving equations. Like you need to dance a routine more often than you need to solve the same equation. Yeah, I, I think that's true. I mean, in both cases, the, this basic idea that um, uh, you, you're gonna have uh, kind of the two two kinds of, of memory there's a storage memory and storage strength and retrieval strength of memory so um so like you know whenever you hear someone say something then it stores inside you in some sense but then when you say it yourself that's retrieval and retrieval is if you have really strong storage strength you may not have very weak retrieval strength anyway that's one of the reasons you can trick yourself when you're reading your own notes you think you know them but that's because they're very familiar, which means you have a high storage strength already. So when you read them, you're like, oh yeah, I know this. But then when you actually try and say them, it might be quite hard to say them because your retrieval strength is too low. And I, and it, it might be that there's, um, you know, because there is some connection. If you have a high storage strength, you'll, you, if you hear the same thing lots of times, you're more likely to be able to repeat it, even if you've never said it before. So like there is a relation between these two. It's not like completely separate or there's not like they don't influence one another. Um, but I, I wonder whether, yeah, I wonder whether in terms of physical things, if you, for example, watch someone doing a physical thing, probably has less, perhaps has less of an effect than watching someone, I don't know, solve an equation or, or, uh, or whatever it is, like analyze a chemical or whatever it is, right? That, the, um, you know, it's, I imagine that, um, the, that that kind of watching has an effect, but it's perhaps in physical skills, it's more important, like the retrieval and storage gap might be wider or whatever it is. And mm -hmm. so you need to, doing it actually is a, um, 
or perhaps you could say is different enough because when you when you watch it you use your eyes and when you do it you use your body and there's like kind of there's a there's enough space there between those that that i imagine there's more need to do action and practice in even though there's need in both there's more need in in uh, physical stuff to do action and practice mm -hmm. then i have a few more and because i would love to to have again i i enjoy these conversations they are, they are well. great fun to me um so i would love to have a few more on these uh, the second one i find as a really interesting question is um expertise or expert at what and that this i think that you can basically use the same thing like dance mm -hmm. to become an expert at really different things mm. depending on how you view the dance and how you teach it yeah so so i find that a very a pretty interesting um thing but this again brings us you need to build knowledge of some sort but through the knowledge you can teach different principles like that's a very interesting question of what what is this expertise you're teaching it's a subtle point because most of the time when people are in the same field they have the same goals and mm -hmm. believe in the same kind of styles or values whereas in dance, dance is a good example of something where we don't have to have the same almost like we don't have the same goals so like someone who's doing boring dancing might not really in their mind be like thinking about i'm going to go out there and and have a night out when i dance with like 20 people they might not be thinking about that at all so it's like that that is just off the table forever of their dancing career almost um whereas whereas the argentinian tango thing might be like well if like the number one thing i need to do is know how to how to lead as a as a gentleman right like i, I need to communicate that's the number one thing so so it's like they're, they're because their goals are disparate even though the field is apparently the same it ends up yeah, and that, that's that's only sometimes the case. So it's quite a subtle point, but it's definitely true. Mm -hmm. And the third, um, the third question I have, and I think this is a very good question, is this: What makes teaching um, good? So what you were saying about your chemistry teaching—it's organized, it's understanding principles, this um, compression and expansion—and mm -hmm. I think that's a very interesting um concept also to have this idea of what do i need to compress and bring down to principle but also where do i need to give examples and exercises and what's the what's the rhythm of that i, I suppose one way of thinking about it is you can imagine it as a, as a network um, where there's like there are central hubs or central spots in the network and you need to start from there and that's like the principles but then all of the different applications of these principles are like different sub-regions that connect to that network or sub-networks that connect to that network and so you're, you're kind of like you're, you're building up this network where if you only have the center you actually can't see most of the network if you've got most of the network but you're missing the center then it's a disorganized mess so you, you need to have the center and the rest and the like breadth so the breadth means that you can apply this center everywhere um and the, and the center means everything's organized and makes sense together I think that's one way of putting it. Yeah. So those are just, I think, very interesting things to follow up on. And for today, I have to run because I have my next call in five minutes. So okay. thank you very much. I'm going to finish the recording here. You never, you never know what's around the next.